I'm not going there talking about minorities. I'm not going there talking about people of color or diversity or none of that stuff. I'm going there for black Americans, the ones who are the descendants of slaves. And that's what I'm going to talk to anybody who's in power with that. So if anybody got a problem with that, it seems like a personal problem. Well, here's the problem, and it is very personable, personal, as you know, for a lot of people of color, because they'll say, well, why would you pick Trump when he says there's no such I'm thing as systemic nobody. inequality? Say I'm that? not picking nobody. He's the president. But why He's do you think president. he'd want to do something for the community when he says there's no such thing as systemic inequality? Yo, Cruz, do me a favor. Turn me up a little bit. <laughs> ah! Let's go! Here we are. Mm -hmm. Welcome to whatever the fuck episode this is. Well, I'll tell you, Will. It's episode right. 69 of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. All right, 69, 69. 69. I thought we were in. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. Nothing ever happened. What are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta uh, play along with La La Land, you know? 100%. You Did you like that movie? Uh, it was cool. It was cute. It was no but Moonlight. I mean, no, nah, I wasn't. I mean, obviously, Moonlight won the, the damn show, you know? But remember when they said La La Land by accident? <laughs> well, see, that's why, that's why people white people in. That was crazy. But yes, this is episode 69 of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. My name is Taj. He is Will. Hi. We back. All right. So, uh, yeah, man, this is a funny bounce back episode because... <laughs> We weren't exactly correct on the uh, little prediction there. Nah, but I, we would, you know, we were just a game off. A game off. Well, let, let's run through it real quick, and then we, you know, we don't have to harp on this. But just, just know, people, we love basketball. We love the NBA, and the season is over now, so you don't have to hear from us anymore about this. Yes, and now, now I can have objective and, you know clear conversations about the Lakers season uh I don't know if you can no all my biases are out the window I told you after the season's over I have no biases okay so it just so happens that we won the championship like I said all right a couple things that we were so solid on game five they're gonna win because they got the jerseys on <laughs> Bro. well hey it wasn't for lack of effort from LeBron for sure LeBron was doing everything he could. Um, That's cool. Now nah, we had to we had to bring it to Game Six to make sure AD resigned because he's resigning. He is resigning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rondo's testing free agency though. So. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, That's okay because you know we go listen. We need to go after Buddy Hield or get Bradley. Beal. Either way. Or get who? I'm good. Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal. Damn. <laughs> I, I, could, okay. I could see you getting rid of Kuzma. Like, right, yeah, right I away. can't wait. I'm sure you can't. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so back to... Pay KCP, y'all. Pay KCP. Ah, I know how, I shit how... on him. Exactly. I shit on him for like five months straight on this podcast. But guess what? He showed up when it counted. Give him his flowers, man. That dude was... And he's actually been there all throughout. Like, before LeBron was there, he was there. So they ran with KCP and... uh he pulled through at the end. Good for him. All right, what else did we get wrong? <laughs> you said that Jimmy Butler's not a superstar, man. I don't know. He's not. Don't. Nah, come on, man. And you also said that he won't attract anyone. I think they're going to attract a lot of people this offseason. Well, heavily 
pursue Giannis, which I think would be a great combination because neither one of them are like, both of them need someone. <laughs> Jimmy's great though. Salute to him. I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. fine, cool. I, but still. Look at you. Jimmy ain't no superstar. He's a star. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like superstar is like reserved for what? Let's see. LeBron. Uh, LeBron. K- AD. KD. AD. James Harden. Ka- Kawhi, maybe. Kawhi doesn't Steph, have Steph, superstar. Steph. Like, Steph, Steph, Steph. Steph. Steph, yes. Um, And are we missing? That's it. it. Lillard? Lillard. No. All right, fine. Hey, if we're going to limit it, then... I'm not putting... No, I'm not limiting it. I'm not putting him in the same conversation as LeBron, KD, Kawhi. Like, hell no. Okay. All right. I think he... I think he's, he's a star. There. I think the only difference with him is his teammates. That's the only difference. The team that he rolls with, like, every every day. So... Agree to disagree. So, um, what else did we get wrong? We also said that... It's not wrong if it was proven right later than you expected. Yeah, I was worried that they were going to wear their jerseys again <laughs> till they won. <laughs> that would have been fun. No, 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 no. No, no. You can't you can't you can't damage the Kobe jersey and then put it right back on. You yeah. got to give it some air. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, salute to the Lakers. Um I do want to s- definitely salute to Jeannie Bus. Oh yeah, shout out to shout out to my shorty Jeannie Bus. Shorty. Great job, sis. Great job, sis. She is the first woman to win an NBA title as the team's controlling governor. First woman to win an NBA title. What, what do you mean? As a as the team's controlling governor. Okay. Who's the first woman to win an NBA title? Um I don't know. Swoops. <laughs> Cheryl Swoops. Uh Lisa Leslie. The Comets. Are you serious? The Comets? The W that's WNBA, NBA. I know what you mean. No, that's not the no, that's not what I'm talking about. All right. Well. No, Jeannie Buss is the first woman to win an NBA title. Well, that's not specific. I'd imagine they're like because they're women in on the team. But she's the team's controlling governor. No, but I'm saying, what woman was on a team to win a championship in the NBA? They're staff. They're women's staff. No, so who gets the who gets the championship ring on a staff? On like a team, they they all do. So you're telling me the team physician gets a ring? One thousand percent, bro. That's a that's bullshit. (laughs) You're a jerk. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they all get it, yo. The, the the key is like the fact that she's uh as a leader in a pool of dudes, right? Like she's No the wait, one who hold on, stop. What? Rings are presented to teams, players, coaches, and members of the executive front office. Okay, fine. So then we remove like what, uh doctors and physicians. Yeah, so she's what other woman is in the front office? What you just named that a bunch of chip. Well, so Yeah, players, coaches, and front office people. Players, coaches, front office people. Well, we would have to confirm that. You can't just assume. Because there are women in the front office now. Now, but um, who recently, there's no one. Like, that's literally like the past 20 years. Okay. Well, you know, we could just check this. And I, I, and I did. And well, Jeannie Buss is the only one coming up. What'd you, what'd you type in? Jeannie Buss, the GOAT. First woman to win an NBA title. Okay. Well, if that's if that holds true, salute to Jeannie Buss. Man. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Not me. Squad. Yeah. Yeah, and she, you know, she lost her father, right? 2017. Wait, it was no 2013. 2013. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Time flies. Sheesh. Well, yeah. I mean, so she, she assumed responsibility and yeah, salute to her. Oh, Barrier Breakers. NBA. Have to. Just like the last episode, we saluted the WNBA because of everything they, they did and they represent. NBA, 172 games played over three months, zero positive COVID tests. Allegedly. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 Um, And then also, tack on top of that, Adam Silver is giving employees $1,000 bonuses and extra time off in recognition of their efforts this season. Yeah, I I didn't like the the 1,000 number. Why? Just doesn't seem like a lot. For the like bubble, it's it's just for the bubble, right? But it still doesn't seem like a lot. What happens when people settle? That's why we don't get nowhere. Then give a number. Five. Five k. Yep. And extra time off. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm fine with yep. that. Yeah, I don't know. like it's not my money. Yeah, I'm with it. But these owners, first of all, these owners got they were billions, my nigga. Oh yeah. Well, that that's so that, like I, yeah. yo so so and that's my issue, Kondo, when it comes to like the NBA and, like, how much money they shell out, right? They're doing great. Great, great, as far as social justice initiative is. But, like, mm-hmm. they that whole $300 million over 10 years, bro, that's nothing in comparison to what you guys have. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm, so you're really not, you're, like, tipping the waiter. <laughs> Damn, like, yo, nah, come on. Nah. Whatever, whatever. Tipping the that's waiter. That's just mine. That's how, that's how I feel about it. Nah, we can, so, we can. Silver, so e- he easily could have done nothing, honestly. And then and then not, nothing is said. But now that we're saying that he did something, then we have an issue with it. Or he could have done so- something and said nothing. I don't know if he said it, though. It was like shams or some shit. <laughs> and how did these even get out, like these reports, man? Well, listen, we disagree. It's cool. All right. Well, it's uh, it's not really a degree disagree. I, I don't know, but anyway. Well, you think he did a good job, and nah, I'm just speaking to the overall issue, the with how the NBA has kind of scoped this thing. Yeah, and it's not it, they've done a good job, but my thing is, in comparison to the other leagues, the bar isn't set too high. So if you do anything, it's gonna look like you're the most amazing thing in the world. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, where's the competition? Honestly. None. Don't see it. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's enough work being done. No, for sure. I mean, I think you can always make the argument for fairer compensation for workers, especially during the pandemic, right? Right. I, I would just love to see the, the average salaries of those people in the, the bubble and see, you know, if it moved the needle. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're what they were earning. Like, we don't even really know what the... um what the numbers are for these players because of course that shit changed it did change right either way salute to the nba adam silver the funny thing is adam silver in comparison to like how (laughs) oh yeah there was this thing about like how adam silver came through with the stimulus checks before the president did (laughs) (laughs) okay yo just think about how much money they kind of saved uh, by not having players travel and the NBA, no teams. Oh, teams, yeah. The travel pay because they're complaining about the revenue they lose from the arenas. But essentially, I know a lot of the season passes were just put on hold; they weren't refunded. Uh, and then also, 
like I didn't have to pay for transportation and hotel stay and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, well, the ultimate, the ultimate loser, I think money wise is the NBA itself. Right. Rather than like, fuck the team, like individual teams, like the NBA itself has had to kind of adjust this whole thing. They lost a lot of money. but But from what I know, the TV rights were already signed. So the money was just there. They just didn't recoup as much as they thought they would in terms of so I'm not really sure you can call it a loss. Oh, I don't know. Cuz it might have just balanced out to what was paid by TV rights, but maybe. If there was a if there was a dollar profit then they they good. The NBA's good. Nobody's losing sleep in the NBA. No, I don't imagine they're not losing sleep. That's what I'm saying. So like and no, and I guess I'm just coming from a place where like there's literally people out here like losing sleep cuz they don't have jobs and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like the NBA not getting an extra 30 billion dollars like yeah they're not tripping about they, that. like i'm like i'm not a, like uh who cares they're not complaining about it they're not um in terms of what they did like for social justice i thought that was dope you know following suit with the WNBA, and yeah. um yeah apparently also the national women's soccer league also they started the whole bubble aspect they also didn't have any positive COVID tests which is dope the the whole thing was a risk, right? That was the that was the conversation going into it. So it's good to hear that everyone was safe. Yeah. So did you peep this, bro, about the reparations aspect? No. Uh tell me, tell me what happened. Well, let me tell you, sir. So California just became the first state in the nation to mandate the study and development of proposals for reparations, man. Well. That's really cool. California task force will consider paying reparations for slavery. So how does this work? Because, you know, like there are, there are places that are and, and politicians who talk about it. But like, are you really about it? That's always going to be key, right? Right. And, and, and it's, it's uh, the same as yet to be seen with California. Yeah. Yeah. With, with anyone. So the new law and bipartisan support for its passage are proving a paradigm that we hope will be resonant all across the U.S. They're forcing the state to begin to confront its racist history and systemic disparities that persist today. Although California entered the Union as a free state in 1850, slavery continued there after the state constitution outlawed it in the previous year. Slavery was abolished by the 13th Amendment in 1865. Creates a task force to recommend appropriate remedies to the state legislature. Determine who should be eligible to receive compensation, which advocates hope will become a model in a country where movements to make amends for centuries of slavery have failed to gain traction. Okay, what's your take on like um, the process? Have you given that any thought? Determining and doling out of money and things like that my take is that uh like as far as the process is is concerned it's gonna be difficult to nitpick who's black enough to receive them seriously yeah so i i'm just for the blanket of hey black people come get your money like kind of like a stimulus check yeah kind of yo direct deposit right go based off taxes who's paying the taxes Mm, yeah we so much value people who pay taxes in this country Yep. Wouldn't dare let anyone lead the country without proof of taxes being paid. Well, he paid some taxes. <laughs> so That is fucking <laughs> sad, yo. <laughs> he paid some taxes. Oh, gosh. Bridging off that. 
less police being called for emergencies. All right, this is basically in line with the whole defunding the police sort of term and people getting hung up on the word and saying like, oh, we need police. Are you kidding me? They're a bunch of vigilantes and the police are just absolutely necessary in every instance. Well, I don't know. So a new program in Denver that sends a paramedic and a mental health expert to 911 calls instead of police launched amid calls for alternatives to policing. So far, the van has taken more than 350 calls without once having a call in police back up. <laughs> Sounds official. Yo, man, for real. Because, you know, 911 is a very blanket number, you know? So, like, it's not, it's for any and every sort of issue for a lot of people. So, with that, we don't need, like, the aggressive force, like, any and every instance, honestly. This is more of a call to prevent that. Decrease the um, interactions between police and the community. Because, as evidence with, like, everything that's being protested about, limiting that might help <laughs> like because shit hasn't been great when we don't a concerned passerby dialed 911 to report a sobbing woman sitting alone on a curb in downtown denver instead of a police officer dispatchers sent carly salem a seasoned mental health professional with a penchant for wearing fish t-shirts to see what was going on the woman who was unhoused was overwhelmed and scared She'd ended up in an unfamiliar part of town. It was blazing hot, and she didn't know where to go. Salen gave the woman a snack and some water and asked how she could help. Could she drive her somewhere? The woman was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I don't know why I chose this voice, but fuck it. All right, quote, she was like, who are you guys? And what is this? Salen said, recounting the call. This is Denver's new support team assistance response program, which sends a mental health professional and paramedic to some 911 calls instead of police. Uh, since its launch June 1, the Star Van has responded to more than 350 calls replacing police in matters that don't threaten public safety and are often connected to unmet mental or physical needs. The goal is to connect people who pose no danger with services and resources while freeing up police to respond to other calls. The team, which is not armed, has not called police for backup. Quote, we're really trying to create true alternatives to us using police and jails. Ah, that's awesome, man. Though it had been years in the making, the program launched just four days after protests erupted in Denver, calling for changes to policing in response to George Floyd's death. See, so this type of shit is like the perfect example of what comes from protesting and what we want actionable change right shit actually kind of coming to fruition rather than the the same old story of shooting of an unarmed black man protests happen and then it's back to regularly scheduled programming this is like what we would want should this already kind of be implemented federally don't you think i mean in a perfect world yes like let's envision it, it in the in Jersey City. It's that's it's it's entirely too difficult. In in Jersey City. Yeah, because one, you would have to first, you would have to decide what, like, you would have to get a crew of social workers and counselors, and one, and then you would have to find out well who's paying for this, 
and uh, what type of training would be necessary. And does it differ from social work for troubled teens or like the social work that they already have implemented by the state and the county? So it's it's different. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, just it, it's logistically it's it's difficult. Right. And that's why it takes, you know, proper planning. And like the Denver program, it's still in its pilot stage. But I mean, so far, so good. You know, like the the key is like rather than the, the fear of implementation is to do it and then actually test it because mm-hmm. those things that you're saying are very much within reach. Like you can you can hire social workers. It's, of course, going to come down to money. Right. Funding. Right. And I guess inevitably would mean impacting the amount of police, maybe right long term, maybe down the line. You don't need all of them because, like, of course, anyone and everyone is trying to be a police officer, right? That's well, always yeah, been the so case. Then, so then what do we do with the police officers that are already employed? Employed? Yeah. Well, police, like just any job, if you're not cream of the crop, you get fired. So, so we lay off. So the, so the idea is to lay off a ton of police officers no to make room for social workers not ton not a ton i don't, I don't know like because it, it would it would really come down to like breaking down like where the funding is coming from right ultimately how much funding is available and then seeing if because maybe there's just enough to allocate uh further rather than having to axe like actual officers who are already on duty mm. maybe let's say in new york right like eric garner that's something that could have easily have been avoided you know what i mean right but see with that even with that yeah a chokehold a chokehold isn't even federally banned so there's still laws and things that have to take take place prior to a lot of this stuff can it happen in tandem the likelihood of that happening (laughs) i know (laughs) i would love it though everything doesn't have to happen like one after the other right ideally ideally these things should all be addressed the fact that that law is kind of back into question is nuts it's nuts that was 2014 yeah and then and then further amplified and like always brought up and it's still not it's still not a federal uh it's still not federal it's not even still not federal law. It's not even state. And the and the issue is also when something becomes a, a federal law, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is applied in every state. Right. Sometimes they you like certain states can just like amend it and they have their own. Yeah. Like of... I'm not doing that. Like nah, that doesn't work for us. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. It it has to go through a special sort of um, approval and process. Ah, the system, the good old system, bro. Um, oh, real quick, breaking news. Ty Lu, five-year contract with the Clippers. Oh, shout out to Lou. Well, how do you like your chances against the great Ty Lu? <laughs> All right. Not nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, you said the great. Man, I, Ty Lu is cool. Yeah, I mean. It's still, it's still Lakers over. I don't care who they got. Right. Ty Lu, Lou's clues. We shall see, sir. We shall see. We we doing a back to back. You're that confident. You heard it here first, <laughs> and I'm sure not for the last time. Nah, you're gonna hit, yo. You're gonna hit back to back. I mean, yeah, because I, I was I was wondering like who's coming out of the West? Is is it the Lakers again? 
no, nah, I mean, and then it's sad. How many how many Lakers got to go to the Clippers for to try to teach them how to win? You know, <laughs> I, like I just don't understand. No, I mean, like, them, yo, it's time for them to move out of our basement. I'm tired of covering up our banners, yo. I feel like a superstar. By the way, back to this conversation real quick. I feel like a superstar needs to be able to lead. Am I right? Needs to be able to lead the team. Yeah. So yeah. Kawhi is not a superstar. So Kawhi is not a superstar. Nope. Kawhi is a star because he's so good. Like he's incredible as a player yep. individually. But yep. even when he was with the Spurs and then he dipped or was traded rather, but he demanded the trade. Popovich was like, "Yeah, that was never his role." Well, that's the yeah. The leader, the the leader of the team is was Tim. Was Tim, and then when he left, even Kawhi still wasn't that. He said he said it was Patty Mills, Ginobili, right? So, and then the leader on the the Toronto is Kyle Lowry, one hundred percent. So what like <laughs> yeah so you're not gonna argue no argument for me Kawhi, Kawhi's trash well, uh, what do you mean trash trash is the leader listen <laughs> you're stupid yo <laughs> but anyway shout out to denver man shout out to denver and the star van yeah we still gotta get to i don't know if you want to get to that today what but we we still get to ice cube joining trump side <laughs> wait there's a lot more to that than that but i feel you and that, I know that's your guy, so that is an interesting. Oh, not even. Whoa. <laughs> oh. No, but see, I do have my own thoughts on that. Let's get to it right now. I mean, all right. So here's my thing. Right? Wait, 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 before you just give your take. All right. So what what happened? Twitter went crazy yesterday when Ice Cube was trending because apparently he has joined forces with Donald Trump. Gasp. The man, the man he has been tripping on for like the past eight, nine months on Twitter. Uh, tripping on like so, he, he like talking bad about him yeah okay yeah so ice cube uh he's pretty much working with <laughs> he's actually working with trump okay isn't well, it all right so it's not working with trump right? okay there you go go ahead will you got it so he, he's been working on this thing called the contract with black america right yes uh and in his mind it's uh it's bipartisan. It's not in his mind. It should be a bipartisan thing. Of course. And it's a pretty black much life like, is, you know, it should be bipartisan. Like, right. So it's pretty much detailing the demands of, of like what blacks expect in America or what should be done to like just make sure we're taken care of in America. And uh, he had he had uh, put the, the contract out with both par- and then both parties contacted him. And he tweeted, the Dems said that they'll address it after the election. And the Trump campaign made some adjustments to their plan after talking to him yeah. about the contract while uh, black. Right. So his uh, his idea was, well, I'll talk to the side that's willing to listen, regardless of whether or not it's Democrat or Republican, because this is a bipartisan issue. Okay, right. And... Uh, he said he also states when we created the contract with Black America, we expected to talk to both sides of the aisle. Talking truth to power is part of the process. Uh, I will advise anybody on the planet who has power to help Black Americans close the enormous wealth gap. Okay, right. And, and to follow up, he he has not endorsed anybody. He said, and uh, so as it was brought to me, it was framed in a way of like, oh my God, uh, Ice Cube is voting for Trump, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. like, oh, what happened? What my guy? Um, and then as I started to research and as I just started to think a lot, a lot like my view on the Kim Kardashian working with him to get people out of prison, 
I don't. All right, sue me. But I don't think working toward something beneficial for oppressed and low-income people or just people who aren't as fortunate as others is a bad thing when it's not bipart- when it's not a partisan issue. Like when it, when it is strictly not Democrat or Republican. Yeah. And it's about human life. I don't think it matters what side you're like, what side you're working with. Mm-hmm. If the goal of the program or the goal of the proposal is being met. Okay. I feel you. I wouldn't consider you uh suable for that. My, Cause my thing is like, Sam, hypothetically, I, I have a huge issue with domestic violence. Right. Okay. And if I had, if I had a platform, I would do everything in my power to like, you know, deal with domestic violence in, in our communities and just period. So if I am someone of a huge platform and Donald Trump is still president, but I have the opportunity to sit down with the man and express my thoughts on domestic violence and the Democrats go, well, we'll talk to you later, right? Yeah. But if I get stuff done now or move a needle or to- or not even necessarily prick the mind and the, 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 the heart of Donald Trump, but someone of importance in that room, I would be a fool to turn that down. Okay. So for me, the only difference is knowing the character that you're trying to get in the room with, I feel it would just fall on deaf ears. I feel like it would be a pointless event because this is someone who's a known racist. Who, he endorses actions against black people against the community that we are trying to hold up and empower. So it's hard for me to fall on the side of, okay, let's let's give you 10 minutes to talk about this. I don't buy any of it, especially knowing with how he operates and everything being a whole spectacle. That's my, I, that's my no, feeling. I absolutely get that part. Yeah. But for me, it's more important to take the 10 minutes and expect nothing than to not have the 10 minutes and something could have happened. I'd rather be able to say, yo, I tried and had the conversation than to say, damn, I blew an opportunity to possibly change someone's life. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, you remember like when we would have those conversations about the motives of certain people and then maybe it's not sincere or genuine, nonetheless, they're still doing something that is ultimately good, right? So then do you knock them for the intent or do you do you Right, we had this conversation about up? the NFL all the time. 100%. Yeah, yeah, a, bu- a bunch of things and including the NFL. Yeah, you're right. So in this case, I'd probably be a hypocrite because there's too much riding on him and his stance as a president to stand for white supremacy and claiming to well, on that note, the, he actually declare, did condemn to, white supremacy. What's that? I'm no Trump sympathizer, but he did. He did when? publicly condemn white supremacy. When? When he got COVID. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like the, the, that's why at this point, this is see, and this is again, this is the home stretch, right? We we know this. We know this is the home stretch. Everyone is like really clamping down. It's fourth quarter, trying to get all that they can get. And that's what he's doing. That's how I see it. So the same way the optic looks bad for like how Democrats were like, oh, we'll talk about it um, after the election. Yeah. Every right to be like, okay, that rubs me the wrong way. 
the same way the optic of that looks kind of fugazi, the optic of him this entire time is fugazi. So that's what I'm going with. No, I absolutely get that. But my yeah. thing, so I'm not looking, I'm not necessarily even looking at the Democrats as crazy for not, for wanting to say, yo, we got enough on our plate. Let's that's, take a beat. That's right? how I took it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also going to say, all right, cool. I'll talk to you. My intent is to talk to both sides. And so I'm going to talk to the Republicans when they're available. And I'm going to talk to the Democrats when they're available, regardless of who's in leadership. Right. But of course, now with it being the home stretch, the optic is everything. So you can't, of course, everything's going to be a comparison game, right? Democrats are saying later, Republicans are saying now, and or like, we'll, we'll make some changes to our current uh, whatever. And it's also opportunistic because the Democrats saying no to contracts working with black people, like, looks kind of crazy. Like, of at this particular time. So why not, as the Trump administration, hop on the, oh, they, oh this is our oh, chance. Shit. This they is said our... no. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, if I got to save a couple of black people to be reelected, why not? Yeah, it's all a game. It's and it also proves that, like, he could then say, yo. I care about the black community. Did you not see? I I, I want to work. I know how serious this election is, but I'm taking time out of my election campaign after getting COVID to care about black people. Yeah. Yeah. It's easily going to be a compare and contrast. Like, look at them. They didn't even want to hear about it right now. It's not until after. Me, right under my leadership, we're making changes. We're listening. That's the claim. That's how it's going to come across. That's how they're going to want to portray this whole circumstance. Bro, it's, it's politics 101. You got to learn how to play. Political theater, bro. Yep. So how are you? So you uh, so that's your stance. OK, I get it. Wait, what's my what's my stance? Um, oh, that I agree. I agree with Ice Cube. That you're racist. No, <laughs> no that you agree with like uh, Ice Cube stance. My thing is, it's not as big like. They made this seem like he was endorsing Trump, voting for him, like he was on Kanye level of traitor Benedict Arnoldness. No, that's not. This was framed completely wrong, and I, I, I agree with what he's doing because he's not voting for Trump necessarily. He's meeting with the guy. He's meeting with him. My take though is he's contributing to the perception, which is absolutely not. I'm, I'm just. I'll go out and say it. That's not what Trump's about. You know it. I know it. We all know it. And it's full of shit. Like, like I said, for me, this is, a, this is equivalent to Kim Kardashian and what she's doing to get people out of jail. And if I agree with that, how then do I turn and say, Ice Cube, you're bugging? Uh, oh, okay. I see what you mean. You're saying like they're kind of parallels. Kim's situation. Yeah, absolutely. For, for me personally, I view it in the same lens. So I can't Makes sit sense. and say, yo. Oh my God! How dare you, Ice Cube? When I was when I'm on when I'm on a podcast saying, "Yo, Kim, great job." That's true. I would say the timing matters, though. No, absolutely, I do. I agree with that too. But okay, again, I don't. For me, right? Politics is going politics. But save like black people being prioritized. You got to take those opportunities when they come because they're not here every day. Yeah, I get you. So politics is going to be politics regardless of who's in office. But black people gaining some type of power and, and, and being unoppressed as we've been, those opportunities don't come every day. And if you got to talk to somebody and if they're using you as a quote unquote pawn 
but it creates movement because that's one thing about my people that I that I could vouch for is that we turn chicken shit into chicken salad more oftentimes than not. Mm-hmm. So all we need is a little crack in the door. Right. And I don't give a damn how we get the crack in the door. Who gives it to us? If we get a crack in the door, we can turn this into positive, period. Okay. I'm personally, I'm voting for Biden and I'm going to openly say it. My issue is <gasps> once this once this four years is up, I'm done with old white men as president. I'm done. Like, I'm not, that's not my cup of tea. I'm not looking for that. Yeah. Your understanding of the other side, though, right? The, oh, absolutely. The perspective. I, listen, because, like, here's. If, if I weren't, um, I understand the outrage. That's why I'm like, yo, I feel y'all. Like, again, it's, it's the looting versus the pro- peaceful protesting. Yo, go burn shit up. If that's how you feel like you have to handle this and that's what you feel. I, on the other hand, will peacefully protest and shout y'all out for looting. That's really what it is. So, just as an analogy, the perspective I envision is, all right, you have two doors. One door has a person who says, no, don't come in. And then the other door says, yes, come in. But then there's like a trap. It's a trap hole. And then you fall and then you, you're in a deep abyss. That's the image that I'm getting from like that perspective. So Right, right. And for me as a, as a black man, I feel like the abyss is, we're already there. <laughs> like yeah, I, I see, you. I see yeah. my niggas being killed every day. Yeah. So okay. it's almost like yo, <laughs> just that's anything. A trap door, it's like a desperation. That trap door is just gonna lead us right back to where we are. Like I said, that ten minutes may result in nothing, but it may also result in something. So I'm going to take the ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, just, and ultimately, like everyone is out for their own interests. I think that's important to note. That's just the game. That's the name of the game. Like everyone has their own sort of preferences in who they want to vote for Yo, and things like and that. And I saw this quote online that said, and I believe it's it's one of the I, I don't know if it's Tamika uh, Bowery, the one in you know the the black activist, but I believe she said or somebody said, people of this country should be happy that we're looking for equality and not for revenge. Like. If you look at the scope and the, the core of things, we are just looking to be treated like humans. Right. Like, and people, they, oh my God, well, the Constitution doesn't necessarily, uh, doesn't mention anything about color, and but it doesn't mention women either. So, we literally are fighting for equality for all people. Like, I don't think people understand that the plight of black people and the fight of black people will trickle down to every other oppressed uh, community and, and people who feel like they, they aren't listened to. Because then once you set a precedent for one, you have to set a precedent for all. The, the situation is a precedent has already been set for certain communities. Certain communities have been given reparations in terms of property, stipends, things of that nature. We have gotten nothing and they have taken everything. All we ask is for equality. We are not looking for revenge. And that is the biggest issue here. The white, the white supremacists feel as though we're looking for revenge. Like we want to be as vicious as they have been to our people. Yeah, it's never been that. And that is not the case. Yeah. Because one, we are not that type of people. 
we have been vig- we have been visualized as animals and they have shit on us time after time after time. And what have we always shown? Grace. We've always shown mercy toward them. Yo, just last, was it last year or earlier this year? When both of John, John's family was like, when there's a black judge who hugged the white cop who, who shot and killed the black man in his apartment. When yeah. would you ever see a white judge get down from a stand and hug a black defendant who was accused of killing a police officer mm-hmm. or a white woman? Yeah. There was this video, and I'm going to move, we can move on faster this, but there was a video of a woman, of a white woman in a convenience store, and she blamed a seven-year-old black kid for sexually assaulting her. Right. And if you look at the video, the kid's book bag brushed up against her, and she wanted to call 911. Of course. And there were there white women in the neighborhood walking up to her like, yo, get out of here. They want to beat her up now. And meanwhile, had the shoe been on the other foot? All, listen, all I'm saying is politics ain't never been fond of black people, right? So to hold us to this standard that, oh, we have to be, they're, they're not for us. We have to be together on this one. If I'm honest, either way, we trying to make sure we're good. Do you really think that Donald Trump can be trusted as much as you could trust Joe Biden? Uh, I don't think I, I, I'm not trusting any of them. I'm just going by action. That's all I'm going by. I'm not going by words, I'm not going by rhetoric, rhetoric, not going by media spin, not going by none of that. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not on nobody's team. Episode 69 in the book. In the, in the bag, in the bag, in the bag. And we will be back very soon. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be a huge dedication to Filipino culture, Filipino history. <laughs> it is currently Filipino History Month. As well as Booby Month. So shout out to uh, Breast Cancer Awareness. Breast Cancer Don't Awareness. Wanna, yeah, yeah. Uh, LGBTQIA plus month as well. So our, October just polyamorous, huh? <laughs> all, all of it, all, of all it. inclusive, baby. Right, indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay tuned. Hashtag Break Barrier Pod. Apple, Spotify, Google, all those other things. You know the vibes. <laughs> all right, yo. <laughs> Next pod, y'all. All right, one.